This is the Innovation Engine Podcast. Since 2014, we've been bringing you talks with some of the world's leading authorities on innovation. Topics we cover include emerging trends and technologies, corporate leadership, company culture, and more. Coming to you from Three Pillar Global's headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia, here's your host, Will Sherlin. Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. On this week's episode, we're taking a page out of the This American Life playbook to give you the first look, or listen as the case may be, to a new audio endeavor from Three Pillar that we're calling Take Three. So what is Take Three? It's a forum where my coworkers at Three Pillar will be discussing the trends, technologies, and tools that are changing the way business gets done in the digital age. We'll talk about topics that influence the way technology-powered products are conceived, designed, developed, and launched. So without further ado, here's the pilot episode of Take 3, which is hosted by Julia Slattery. This is Take 3, your home for quick takes on the trends, technologies, and tools that are changing the way business gets done. I'm Julia Slattery, and I'll be your host for our very first episode of Take 3. For our inaugural episode, we'll be taking a look at how product can help fuel DevOps. Jessica Hall and Dan Green are joining me in the studio at 3Pillar. Jessica Hall is the director of the Innovate Practice at 3Pillar, where she specializes in bringing new ideas to market and validating product ideas through rapid prototyping. Dan Green is director of the Advanced Technology Group in the United States at 3Pillar. He has close to 20 years of software design and development experience in areas including e-commerce, geospatial analysis, SOA architecture, big data, and cloud computing. Welcome to Take 3, Jessica and Dan, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Of course. So to start things off, Jessica, DevOps has been on the tip of a lot of people's tongues in the software development space in the last few years. What are some of the forces at play that cause that kind of attention to be made very early in the product lifecycle? So I was pretty excited when I heard about DevOps because I remember doing monthly releases and having to be up at like 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning on a weekend and doing testing on release, because the only time we could do release was once a month, and then it had to be smoke tested and user acceptance testing. It was really it's really painful <laughs> and annoying. Um, so what I'm excited about DevOps is that I think it speaks to a really important business need, which is that organizations are realizing that they need to be quicker. They need to release more. They need to be more responsive to their customers' needs. The hard part about DevOps and where I think it really starts to muck around with product is we can do a lot more. We can release a lot more. We can do all these releases. And if people will hear about Amazon who does some insane number amount of releases in an hour and think, great, we should be doing all this stuff. Not all of that is good. Not all of that is creating value for the customer, creating value for the business. And so where I think product needs to be involved is really understanding, you know, what are we doing? feeding the right things into this um, DevOps machine and monitoring on the back end to make sure if we did something, well, did it work? Did it impact someone? Is it creating noise? Is it being effective? And then being able to take the right action. So 
Um, a lot of product people be like, oh, that's an engineering thing. They're just pushing stuff out. But you need to understand what's being done and what the impact is so that you can really guide and steer the product that you're responsible for. And to, to bring another angle to it, you have to consider when you can release something to your customers every week, that means you have to be ready to release something to your customers every week. And, and that's our true product challenge is a lot of analysis exercises that happen today that you feel that you have the time to figure out what the customer wants. So let me work on this later. Um, when there's something new going out to in front of your customers every week, you have to be ready. Um, you have to work with your product management teams and your engineering teams to know what is in the pipeline coming up so you can get customers ready for that feedback. So then you can pivot and change what's going up in the next week. Uh, but you have to be willing to take that active role. And, and that is definitely a challenge for a lot of organizations today. Some of them are going to get thrown off by Agile in a sense, which is like, okay, well, I've definitely been told as someone who came up through UX into product is, but we got to keep the development team busy. So just make that design. I'm like, well, but I'm working on this one and this one has more importance to the business. It's more important to the users, but they need to keep the development team busy. So they're going to focus all that energy here. And I think I, what I, what I worry about in DevOps is the same thing happens. Like we're doing all this stuff to show, Hey, the executives, we're busy. We're deploying this many times. We're creating this many features. Well, that doesn't matter if those features aren't important. That doesn't matter if it's not improving the experience or solving problems for customers. And it doesn't matter to the business business. If it's not doing things like helping with acquisition, retention, revenue, and referral. So I think it's kind of the signal and the noise problem of like, yeah, awesome, you can do these all these things. Doesn't mean you should. And, and also, um, I think product needs to stand, to become in that kind of, I'm setting the vision and the direction and empower engineering to help achieve that rather than, you certainly can't micromanage anything in a, in a high, you know, continuous delivery, releasing all the time situation. Yeah, I mean, just uh, to, to reiterate, because you can deploy all the time doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. um, being some uh, product features will take longer than others to, to build and get uh, preliminary user testing on. It's perfectly acceptable to have a delivery that has two features, then wait a month, and then you might have three, three deliveries, one every week. It's, these patterns are drive them by what your customer needs, not by necessarily what you could potentially execute upon. It's, again, it's, it's keeping the product in mind over the engineering. So Dan, you recently contributed to DevOps at 3Pillar with a piece that was published in TechCrunch titled, What is DevOps? The piece has been shared more than 3,000 times, and it led to the creation of an ebook of the same title. Uh, so since you literally wrote the book, or at least this book on DevOps, what would be a thing or two you think would surprise people to know about it? The, the things that I wanted people to understand about DevOps was that you have to define what it means for, for your organization and your product line. Um, we have customers of ours that, some of which are pursuing a continuous delivery model where as soon as code is, is tested and, and validated, it, it flows to production. Uh, we have other customers that take a more managed approach to it where they have the, uh, the ability to automatically deploy, but they wanted that user safeguard. Um, they happen to have a bad 
experience in the past with difficulties in deployment and rollback. So they intentionally instituted a, a manual uh, check to make sure this is good before releasing. The key is that as much of it is automated as possible. So that way it removes human error. Uh, I have worked more overnights than I care to admit in troubleshooting production issues because people who just go in and get it done. Um, your rock star operations people are actually typically your biggest risk um, because they go in and just fix it because you're in an emergency firefighting mode. Um, you want to bring that knowledge base. You want to bring that um, earlier in the process so you have a chance to dry run these capabilities um, in development and virtual environments. Um, the development of the cloud as an entity has, has really made it possible to quickly and efficiently stand up a new environment, try these, this, this deployment, oh, this didn't work, strip it down, try it again. In 10 years ago, that would have been a nonsensical effort to do because the provisioning and the acquisition of all that hardware would have been absolutely prohibitive. Now it's something that can be done, and that's why this is an exciting time for DevOps that these virtual capabilities have led us to move these automation efforts earlier in the process so they get a lot more exercise, a lot more testing to make sure they're right, and it's not the Friday before a launch we're, all, we're suddenly all hands on deck working through the weekend uh, on something. And so I think people would read the, the ebook and, and read the post on TechCrunch and really get an understanding as to what is needed for their organization. The operations person, if they leave, like in a lot of organizations that aren't mature in this area, you're screwed. Because they're the only ones who know how all these things happen. They're the only ones who can do it. And then the ones who have to like scramble when it gets screwed up. So um, having mature DevOps doesn't just enable business by allowing you to react quicker. It saves you from that problem from that one person who knows how everything works, leaving, and then you're completely in the lurch. Absolutely. Uh, another interesting model that's come out of this is the, the model of failing forward. Um, Instead of a typical model where you try to deploy to your environment and if something fails, it's now this emergency critical thing to roll everything back to the way it was. And that's typically a very difficult, dangerous process. Um, with the additional automation and capabilities, you can, instead of undoing the code change, you can apply a fix to the code or to the database or to wherever the problem is in rapid iteration to solve it. So it's not, so you still keep your features. You just solve them quickly and you have a means of deploying that fix very rapidly. Okay, great. Um, and finally, getting customer feedback and being able to make adjustments based on that feedback is a key for any development team working in an agile environment. What are some ways you all go about getting that feedback and then feeding it back into the user experience and product management process? Um, that's a great question because I think it is what separates great products and great companies from people who aren't being successful. Um, a lot of folks will go through this whole process and then never engage. So it starts with a couple of things. One is there are metrics, right? So what are you trying to drive? And if you're trying to drive more than three or four things, don't bother because you ain't going to drive anything. So what are the three or four metrics that you're trying to drive that you think are most important for your customers and your business? 
and tracking those and sharing them across the organization so that everybody knows um, what we're aiming for and how we're doing against that. But then you also have to kind of focus on, let's, let's talk about the, those are the numbers, but then let's focus on the people. So if we're trying to drive something, let's say it's a new feature, right? And we push it out there and there's a whole bunch of people who used it once and then abandoned it. We need to go talk to them. We need to understand why they tried to go to it, use it for the first time. Why did they abandon it? Why haven't they been back? Or who's using it? How is it effective? How are they getting to it? What are they doing with it? So whatever the outcome is, you need to be able to identify how customers are engaging with it and go talk to them, understand how they're using it. Maybe um, do a screen share and have them walk you through the process. And they're like, well, you know, I'm doing this and that. And, oh, there's this other thing that could really help you, but you didn't see it. So maybe we need to make some adjustments to the design. So the beauty of DevOps is that we can fix it if we find it. But if we don't talk to people and we don't look at the metrics, we're never going to know what's wrong and right with it. And then we're just shooting blind. And very quickly, and we see it pretty often um, with some of our newer customers, they'll come in and they have big problems because they've been meandering. They just, well, you know, I need to set, I need to close this deal, so I'm going to build that feature. And I need to close this deal, so I'm going to do this feature. And all of a sudden, they have a muddled mess of a product that no one likes to use because they didn't have a disciplined approach for deciding what to do and disciplined approach for saying, are we, are we hitting what we wanted to do or do we need to change course? And so the beauty of some of these releases things that go more smoothly is there should be more time for user experience and product management to focus on the customers and what's happening because deployments are running smoother and the development team is able to get their things done so you're not having to do as much troubleshooting and so you'd be refocusing your efforts on how, what's really happening and how can I really make it better. And I'd, I'd like to add to that. Um, one of the things that's typically missing in a lot of products that we see is an automated monitoring of what's functionally going on. I'm not talking about monitoring the actual hardware health or anything like that. That's pretty standard nowadays. But what features are people using? Um, kind of getting a back background metrics of what's going on in the system from a functional perspective in addition to the user interviews. I think getting both of those together will give the all the teams the proper feedback to, to focus on the right features and the right capabilities. Um, it's just something that we find that's missing. A lot of people focus on very simple monitoring um, in terms of performance or in terms of is the servers up or down. But is feature X being used? Is feature Y being used? And that helps us drive those user interview questions. Hey, we noticed that this feature over here isn't being, is barely being hit, although we spent hundreds of developer hours in building it. Let's ask why. Let's get that feedback so we can improve the feature and get it out there quickly. That's where the metrics kind of help point you in the direction. And you need the, the quantitative stuff says, hey, go look over here. There might be something happening. And the quantitative stuff is what's really going on here? What did we learn? And then working together to figure out, OK, we learned X. Now here's what we're going to do. And then you can do things like you know prototyping and um, A-B tests or multivariate tests. And hopefully, things are running so smoothly and getting things done, you have a lot more time and a lot more kind of mind bandwidth to make those things happen. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming in today and talking to us about DevOps. Thank you. 
So that was take three, scene one from Three Pillar Global. If you liked what you heard and are interested in hearing more, you can go to soundcloud.com slash take three pillar. There you can listen to take three, scene two, which gives an overview of a technology that's taking the financial services world by storm, blockchain. Thanks very much to Julia Slattery, Jessica Hall, and Dan Green for putting their heads together for Take 3, Scene 1, and for letting us share that with you, our loyal listeners. Don't forget to tune in to next week's episode of the podcast, when we're excited to have Simon Ogus on to talk about innovation in the sports and fitness space. Among the topics we'll discuss are what the future holds for the next generation of wearable devices, how virtual reality will impact the sports experience and the fan experience in the years to come, and what some of the hottest products were on the floor of this year's CES out in Vegas. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. The Innovation Engine Podcast is recorded, produced, edited, and published by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information on the company or our services, please visit our website at www.3pillarglobal.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or SoundCloud. And you can also download our very own iOS app in the iTunes App Store. If you like this week's episode of the podcast, please feel free to share on your social media networks of choice. And if that happens to be Twitter, you can use the hashtag InnovationEngine. Don't forget to tag at 3PillarGlobal as well.